Right, short talk it is. It's funny, we were praying before the meeting and about four different people prayed about the short talk. <laughs> I don't know why I got this reputation, I don't know. Hey, anyway, um, it's Easter Sunday. We celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus every day of the week, every week of the year. But today, kind of, you know, we fall in line with everybody else and we celebrate it, especially today. So it's a good day to focus. Um, so I'd like to just talk very briefly about those three people that were mentioned before, which is Peter and Mary and John, who first came to the tomb, and it's good it was empty. So we'll, we'll read it in the, in the Bible first. We've been doing a, sec, uh, a, a series on uh, the book of John, so it's appropriate. This is the last of the series that we're going to look at, John chapter 20, if you've got your Bibles or you want to follow it, or you want to just read it on the screen. No, so this is John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now, the other disciple, who, the, the one who Jesus loved, is the way that John always refers to himself. He never writes his own name in the gospel. And said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the, the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Then Simon, uh, sorry, he bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Okay, so we've got this situation where Mary arrives first, early in the morning, it says, before it was still, before it was light. So it must have been, you know, before six o'clock in the morning. She comes up, goes to, uh, goes to see the tomb, and shock and horror, she finds... The tomb is open. Now, not very clear there, but there's a big circular stone there. This is fairly typical. I don't know, some of you may have seen these kind of tombs in, the, in uh, Israel, in the Holy Land, um, in Palestine. There's a, they tend to be cut out of the rock. Uh, sometimes it's a cave. And then there are hollowed out parts inside with flat shelves on so that bodies can be stored there. And as was said, because it was the Sabbath, the day after, the, um, the, the, which started on Friday evening, they couldn't do any work on the Saturday, and so they weren't going to go and sort the, uh, sort the body out in Barmouth and that until the Sunday morning. So she went as early as she could, and went along and found it open, which it shouldn't have been. It was, the rock was rolled across it, or the stone was rolled across it. It had been sealed, and there had been guards on it. But when she came... Nothing, open, empty. So Mary has a look inside. Nothing, it's gone. Big shock. What's happened? What's her reaction? What's her reaction? Oh no, someone's stolen the body. Someone's taken it away. Oh no, after all of this, Jesus has died. We put all our hope in him. And they're taking the body away now. So just one thing after another. That's the final straw. Where have they put the body? You know, we w at least we wanted to give them a decent burial. So anyway, not long after her, is coming John and Peter. And she meets them. 
So they've taken, they've taken the body away. Oh, they can't believe it. So they, they go rushing down to see what's, uh, see what's happened. Now, John gets there first. Probably he was younger. And he gets there first, outruns Peter, but he doesn't go in. Like Mary, stays and looks inside. But Peter goes charging ahead. Now, if you've read other stories of Peter in the Bible, he is someone who tended to be perhaps a little hot-headed. Perhaps he was uh, someone who was, you know, apt to jump in both feet first before he could think. So he goes straight into the tomb. Total confusion. It doesn't actually say what Peter thought. He was just in there. Didn't know what to do. Where's Jesus gone? Has someone taken him? Has he? Well, I don't know. I don't understand. It's completely, completely confusing. I've no idea. And he was kind of lost. And while he's in there looking around, John decides to go in. And says, John went in. And John believed. John believed. And it leaves it at that. And then there's the rest of the story later on. But I just want to see the three different reactions that we've got there. And these reactions may reflect your reactions. I don't know some of the people here. Lovely to see you. I know some of you here are here. I know what some people think and believe. But generally in the world, people have different reactions to Jesus. Some would like to believe, would like to, like to think what's going on, but their mind or their upbringing or something else gets in the way. And they think in a, if you like, in an ordinary way, in a worldly way, and say, well, if the body's gone, somebody's taken it. Didn't get up and move on its own, you know? Someone's taken it away. After all of this, we followed Jesus for three years, and now they've even stolen the body. You know, he gets killed, that's it, dead, gone. Well, that was the end of our dreams. We had all these promises, and he's gone. So there's an, uh, the thought there from Mary, Oh, well, that's the end of it. I'm really upset. Where's the body? We want to give him a decent burial. Come on, let's try and find the body. Who's nicked it? You know, that kind of thing. Maybe that's your, your thoughts. You know, Jesus died. He couldn't have risen again. He couldn't have risen again because nobody does. Yeah, okay, sometimes people get revived after a few hours or something like that because there's some medical anomaly or something unusual. But usually, nah. If you're dead, you're dead. And frankly, Roman soldiers, they knew how to kill someone. They made it really painful. But if you were dead, you were dead. It says it had a spear shoved in his side just to make sure they broke his, well, they came round to break his legs because that's what they used to do so that they would suffocate um, if they weren't quite dead on time. But Jesus was already dead. And I said they made sure by sticking a spear in him. So he was well dead. There's no doubt about the fact that he was dead. So that was the end. All the dreams died. Whatever Jesus had promised wasn't going to happen. Peter, Peter did tend to be a little bit, you know, one thing or another. He denied Jesus at one stage. Other stages, he said he would die with him. And he meant it. Peter went from one thing to the other. He wanted to believe. And sometimes he did and sometimes he didn't. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe that's how you are, because that's your nature. Maybe you do charge in, 
And then you think, oh, what have I done? Hmm. It's a good thing sometimes just to get involved. Sometimes it can get us into trouble. I tend to be a little that way myself, to be honest. And then there was John. And John came along and John looked in and said, John believed. What did John believe? Just says John believed. Well, I believe that John believed that he'd listened to what Jesus had said. And it says, Jesus began to teach them that he must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he must be killed, and after three days, rise again. Now, Jesus did that sometime before he died. In fact, he did it several times. This is just one instance in the scriptures. He told them he was going to die, yeah, but he also told them he was going to rise again. He'd been sent by God with a specific mission. Jesus was the Son of God, but he was, if you like, confined to being human like we are in order that he might live a life without sin so he could be sacrificed for our sin. Now, whatever you think of sin, whatever you think sin is, sin is basically not taking any notice of God, not having God in our lives, not being, having any faith in him. Just believing that this is all there is. And maybe that's where you are. Tell you, there's more to life than this. We've actually just done a series um, in the town called There's More to Life Than Brexit. Believe me, there's an awful lot more. It seems all consuming at the moment. But there is more to life than Brexit. There's more to life than just this life. And the reason is that God loves us so much. So John believed. In fact, Mary and Peter, they saw the evidence later on. They saw Jesus and they believed eventually. But their initial reactions were like that. And I know there are a lot of people, a lot of people I've met, I've been a Christian for many years now, who've had all sorts of different ways of thinking. But eventually they've come through and said, actually, I believe in my heart. I understand it's in there. Have you got that in your heart today? Are you someone who has believed, who has put your trust in Jesus to say, I want that life. And it's not just a life that sort of goes on forever. It's a life of abundance. It's a life of being with God. It's a life of satisfaction. It's a life it talks about in the Bible of abundance, both here and now. It doesn't mean you don't have problems. It doesn't mean that life doesn't crowd in you sometimes, but it does mean that you're not in it alone and you know where you're going. You know? I'm a very logical person in many ways. Um, engineer. I have that sort of background. I think logically. And to be honest, when you look at the facts, you look at, the, uh, at everything, it's the logical conclusion. But I'll leave that up to you. So what did he believe? He believed this. And this is probably the most famous verse in the Bible, but can't get away from it. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, but have eternal life. And that's, as I say, the quality of life, not just the length of life. In fact, time has no meaning in heaven.
So the question I want to say today is whether you come to church regularly, whether you are part of um, a church fellowship, whether you just come Easter Day, Christmas Day, weddings, funerals, christenings, whatever, do you really believe? Would you like to believe? Believe. Believe. What does it mean to you? Does it mean a nominal thing? Does it mean you pay lip service? Or does it mean that Jesus is really in your heart? That you really do believe that Jesus died for your sins? That he rose again, which we're celebrating today? And that you can have a different life, a life that you're meant to have. That you can be free of guilt and shame and sin. It doesn't make you perfect, but it does make you free from those things. If you haven't got that in your life, or if you're having trouble with it, is today not a great day just to, to make that commitment, to think about it more? And if you feel like that, if you want to talk to me or talk to any of the people you've seen up the front here, probably, if you don't know them, or somebody that brought you along or you came along with today, then don't leave it till, you know, after lunch or something because you'll have forgotten about it by then. But do speak. Do say, yeah, I, I would like to believe. Maybe I'm a bit like Mary. Maybe I'm a bit like Peter. I want to be like John. Yeah? Well, let's leave it there. That was short, wasn't it?